Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Well, I'll just tell you, I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes there is a wrestling match it takes on whenever I know that the Lord's going to give me the opportunity to speak, and it just seems like that, uh, that uh, there's always a battle. And uh, so, anyway, I just wanted to share with you some things that took place in my life this week that give me the message that I want to share with you today, because that's really sense that we all have this have this situation or this problem in our lives, and sometimes we don't vocal it. Uh, we sense it. We we deal with the frustration of it and things like that. So, uh, I hope that you will receive this word uh, from my heart to your heart and from God's heart to your heart uh, in this message today. And uh, I'll just share with you. Uh, I, I was studying a lot of different things this week. and uh, But Friday, I, I attend a Bible study with uh, police officers. And uh, we, we meet at Chick-fil-A at 6.30 down on Kingston Pike. And uh, I just want to tell you what happened in that morning. And what led me to this message to for us today. And uh, but anyway, that morning on Friday, uh, as we met, one of the officers, he 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 was supposed to be kind of facilitating this meeting, and he said, "Guys, I just want to tell you," he said, "I he said I I just I haven't been able to get into the book that we're in, but he said I I just want to share with you my heart," and he said. What I'm struggling with is anger. He said, I've got so much anger in my heart. He said, I don't know how to deal with it. And just keep in mind that he's a fairly young Christian. Uh, he's, he's growing in Christ, and he's growing in the Word, and he's seeking. And, and so, you know, I, I guess as being a, an, an older person myself and, and uh, uh, one of being compassionate uh, as a, from a pastor's point of view, you want to just kind of put your arms around somebody like that and just say, look, it's okay, you know. And so I just told him, I said, you know, there is a reason that, uh, that you get uh, upset. I said, you as police officers, as we, as we serve in that capacity, we have a right to have a righteous anger about things sometimes. We ought, we ought to, to be angry at the injustices around us. And so he was going on to tell me, he said, what it is, he said, just for example, he said the deputy that was shot, uh, here last week, uh, and he said, uh, Deputy uh, Ledbetter, he said, I, I didn't know him personally, he said, but I just, you know, I've grown to know him and, and love him and, uh, there as he's recovering in the hospital, and, and he said, I just, I just, I'm just angry about that, and then he said, then I'm angry about where the little six-month-old baby was brought in, and, and out of a domestic battle between the parents, this baby was killed, was shot. And he said, it's not just that, it's other things. He said, I see all this stuff that's going on around us in our culture and things like that. It's just creating such a frustration in my life. And he said, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to handle it. And so I shared with him, I said, you know, that, that Jesus got angry one time. He took a whip and he went into the temple. And he, and he cleared the whole temple. He said, because he, he called these people out and he told them, he said, you're perverting the temple of God in my father's house. 
He said, my house, it's a house of prayer. So my question is today, you know, uh, well, let me just go on and finish this. But, but what happened was he said, I, he said, last night, this was Thursday night. He said, last night, he said, I was, I was just searching on, 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 I guess it was YouTube. And he said, I found this video. And he said, I want to just share it with us this morning. He said, it just hit right where I was. And so he did. And so we viewed the, the video. And, uh, and, and very, lo and behold, that's exactly what this pastor was talking about. It was a, it was a Bible study for men, basically. And, and he was just talking about anger. And I thought, you could just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in our meeting of coming over each of us uh, that was there. And so anyway, after we viewed that, we discussed the issues at hand and what he had brought up. And so anyway... With that in mind, I just, I'm, I'm just going to hit some scriptures here, and Mike's going to put some scripture up on the board in just a moment, but I I'm going to hit this scripture that he doesn't have. But I told him, I said, over in Luke uh, chapter 19, verses 45 through uh, 48, it says this, he says, And he went into the temple and began to drive out those who brought it and bought and sold in it, saying to them, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And, and, and he, he was teaching daily in the temple. And the chief priests and scribes and leaders of uh, the people uh, sought to destroy him. And when they were able to, to do anything, for all the people were very attentive to him, to hear him. And so we, I said, just, just think about that. I said, God himself gets angry. I said, he, 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 he deals with anger himself. And then also uh, Paul over in Ephesians, if I want to just turn there real quick, chapter 4, if you want to just make a note, verses 26 and 31. Paul says this, therefore, putting away lying, uh, I'm sorry, verse 26 says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So he talks about that, but he goes on down in verse 31, and he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. So, he's, again, he's reiterating the fact that, that we have a right to be angry sometimes, that we have a right to be uh, righteously angry in regards to the things that go on around us like that sometimes. But then there's another one. I wanted just to affirm him, uh, and I, I reminded him of, about the Scripture in Romans 13. In those first seven or eight verses there, it talks about the government, and it talks about... Uh, uh, what we like to use in, in law enforcement, uh, for law enforcement. You see, police officers, I believe truly, a lot of police officers don't realize that they're ordained by God to be in that position. It's a called, it's a called profession. And this, and, and this is what the scripture that we use there, and it says, Let every soul be subject to government authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God, Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinances of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be uh, uh, unafraid of the authority? Do you do what is good? And uh, you will uh, have praise from the same. For he is, a, he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear that sword in vain. 
For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on those who practice evil. I'll just stop with that verse. And so I was trying to comfort that officer, and I said, look, you know, you see how, you see the correlation? I said, most officers don't even realize that. They don't realize that they were ordained by God to be ministers of his, and they're ordained for that position they are even working in. And I said, but just think about it. You know, God has ordained it. He puts these, pla- these places, uh, these governments in place to help us, to, to keep us peacefully, hopefully, in most cases. But it don't always work that way for us. But it applies to us. As Christians, I want to ask us today, because I think it is relevant to us. You know, what, do we have the right to be angry? And I think it, that the Scriptures tells us that. So if that's true, then... What do we do with it? What are we supposed to do with it? Are we supposed to go out and, and start, you know, uh, a disorder or anything? No, that's not what it's saying. I just want to share with you some scripture this morning, a couple of places. Over in Second Chronicles 7, 14, if you would like to turn with me there. I want us to think about this and and. and And how that we as followers of Christ should be conducting ourselves, I believe, and what God is saying to us, not only in this passage, but I have another passage in Isaiah that I want to share with you as well. But I want you to see what this is saying here. Solomon had just got through dedicating the temple to God. And and he'd prayed a prayer beautifully before all this, if you want to read that part. But in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, God comes to Solomon. And he says some important words here. And he says this. If my people who are called by my name, that's us, who are followers of Christ, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I don't know how many times you may have even heard that scripture. I've heard it many times, heard it preached many times. But have we ever, you know, a lot of times, I believe as followers of Christ, when when we do get into the word, a lot of times I think we just read over that and we don't really take the principles that are there and and let them soak into our, uh, what we're supposed to be doing here. It's so easy for us to be distracted today, uh, to, to be, you know, uh, I think that Satan really has a lot of things going on. He keeps us so busy that we cannot get into the Word and study it and, 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 and just ask God to, to teach us and lead us through it. And, and, but the thing of it is, the key to it all is practice. You know, we can, we can read God's Word. We can set a time. We can have two hours every day that we set aside to be in the Word. We can have a time of an hour and a half or two hours or whatever time or 10 minutes or whatever it is that you have to share in prayer. But folks, let me tell you something. It don't mean a thing if we don't practice it. We've got to be obedient to what it says. And so what I'm saying here is this. Look at that scripture. It says, first of all, we must humble ourselves. And that's hard for us to do sometimes. We get so proud about things. We get so busy about things. We just think that, we you know, we've we got so much self-confidence a lot of times that we think we can just handle everything. But I can testify, and I'm sure you can too, that that's not true in life. That's not the way life is. 
God brings us to that place to where the, 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 the most powerful place that we can be is on our knees. The most powerful place. And so anyway, when we see that, he says, we've got to humble ourselves. It just, that means that we just got to sit down and just say, God, I can't do this. I can't live, I can't live this life like, like I should without your, your, your Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me and teach me and guide me in all truth to give me that courage I need, to give me that encouragement that I need, to, to help me through the process of, of just life itself and dealing with situations and people and things and government and all this stuff that, that frustrates us sometimes so much and makes us angry a lot of times and we don't know what to do and how to do. What can we do? But God's just remember, over in Romans 13, God ordains every government. How good or bad it is, He's put it there. He can also take it away. And I, you know, so that part I'm not worried about. <laughs> you know, I just, I can't, I can't fix that. But what I can fix, I can help with myself. I can say, God, I just want to humble myself before you. As a follower of Christ, I want to be a true follower of Christ. I want to lift my, my just to humble myself before you and say, God, just pour yourself into me and help me to have understanding. Help me to seek your wisdom and your truth in the Word. To guide me and to make, help me to make good choices. To, to have, have discernment in my walk. Because every day, listen, everything that we're about to... I don't care when you get out of bed. I, I heard this uh, preacher say this the other day, and you may have heard it as well. I forget who it was. It may have been David Jeremiah. But he said this. He said, he, he remembered this guy. He, he was praying, and he said, Lord, he said, uh, I haven't... He said, I, I just want to praise you and thank you for this day. I want to bless you, and I just want to be a true follower today. I want to do all that. I haven't done anything wrong. I've lived the righteous life so far, and I'm just so grateful for that. And he said, then he got up out of bed. And you just think about that. That's about the way it is because once we get up, we're in a battleground. It's a battleground. We don't realize we're, a lot of times we're in a spiritual warfare. And we've got to understand that, it, that everything is not going to go right for us. And so, therefore, we, we need to turn to God and we need to, to humble ourselves before him. The next thing it goes on to say, it says we must, we must spend time in prayer. That's where our power is, is in the prayer. If you go over in Ephesians chapter 6 and those verses there where it talks about, uh, uh, verses 10 through 18, I believe it is, where it talks about the armor of God, you just realize that one of the things there. That at the very end of that, the, the offensive weapon that we have, I believe is two that is mentioned. One is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God. The second one is prayer. It's a prayer. And so the, the most power that we have is when we're on our knees or on our face before God and saying, God, lead me in this. Teach me in this. Help me to over, overcome this. Whatever it is, you know I was in the Psalms this morning just reading that, and I'm thinking about David, and, and I'm in that part where David has written these Psalms, and he was just talking about, God, you're my fortress, you're my shield, you're my rock, you're my... And he just goes on and praises him, and he says, I, he said, people are after me, and they're, they're after me for no reason. They have no reason to be after me, and they're just trying to subdue me, and, and they're trying to take me out and kill me. I'm just paraphrasing all this, but I'm just saying that, that the thing of it is, he just humbled himself before God, and he said, God, I, you know, take care of these folks. I can't do this. And think of who he was. He was a man after God's own heart. 
that ought to give us hope. I always look to David. He's one of my favorite people in the Bible. Because I thought, man, God give him grace. He's certainly given me grace. And I realize that, how much grace he has given me. And I, I just love him so for much. But anyway, we're to seek God's face, it says. We're to seek God's face. How do we do that? We can't see God's face. God says, I am a spirit. You worship me in spirit and in truth. So what do we see? When we open the book, we get into the book, we start, you know, this is God. He tells us this is his personality. This is his power. This is, I mean, everything. And he tells us, he said, the wise he will make, he'll make them look foolish. Nobody as strong as God is. And sometimes I just feel like that we really miss it because we forget who he really is. We won't see him face to face like we think we will in that, in that realm, you know, like I look at you face to face. But we can see him face to face in the word. And that's where I want to go through next. But the next thing it says here, it says, in turn from our will wickedness. Think about that. Think about what influences our life every day. You turn on that television, you go any places you go. I mean, everything today, it just it seems like it's just getting more wicked to me. And, and maybe I might be a little old-fashioned. I don't know, but I just pray God don't change me from that part. But one thing about it, I can, I can turn that thing off. I don't have to watch that. Don't, I, you know, the, there's a scripture in the Psalms, I believe it is, where it says, don't let my eyes fall on those things that, that are, that are uh, not fruitful for me. That's paraphrasing. But he said, don't, don't let me look at that stuff. So I'm going to turn over right now to another passage. We don't see God face to face like Isaiah did. But in Isaiah chapter 6, in those verses, I just want to share with you there to just encourage us and what it says. Isaiah chapter 6 says this, In the year of the king Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post on the, of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I want to stop there just for a moment. Isaiah had the privilege of seeing God in his majestic uh, glory, his, his, his awesomeness. And it struck him in such a way. I'm thinking about us, you know, even if we stood in God's, we're in God's presence every day. We're in God's presence every moment. But if we would just stop to think about him looking down upon us, we can't see him visually. But what we have to do before Isaiah even got to that place where he said, woe is me, what did he have to do first? He had to see him. And just like Paul says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses there, he says, I'm telling you, he's, he's sharing the gospel. And he said, what we believe in, he said, the message that I bring to you about salvation. I'm paraphrasing this now. He, he says, I, what I share with you is what you're going to be saved by. My gospel. 
my gospel, which is God, uh, Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's the gospel. And we've got to come to that place as people to realize that, that what Jesus did on the cross for us, he, he took the sin of every man, woman, boy, and girl that ever lived or is going to live. He took all that on, on himself at that time. The Bible tells that he takes the, the sins of the past, present, and future. He's got our sin there. So every one of us have the same opportunity. You know what? The only thing we have to do is receive it. All we have to do is just say, God, I receive you. I receive you. I receive what you did for me on that cross. I truly believe that you did and, and you died on that cross. And when you went to that tomb, you were there for three days. And third day, you came out of that tomb. And you're right now at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me. For those of us who, are, who has received him, he receives our prayers. He knows our hearts. He knows everything about us. There's nothing hidden about it from us to him. Think about that. We stand bare before him every day, every, every day, in every circumstance. Nothing is hidden. So why cannot we have that intimacy with him? And say, God, I just need you. Uh, you hear my frustration. You see my anger. I can't, there's a lot of things I can't do. But he goes on to say that then one of the seraphim flew to him and having his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar, with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it. And he said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Jesus went to the cross. There he died for you and me. He suffered. He was crucified for your sin and my sin. He is what is our tongs to our lips. He is the tongs, or that coal is, to our lips and to our very soul to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because when we receive him as our Savior, he, he, we were justified as if we never sinned. God puts over us a, a, a robe of righteousness. And when he looks down, he sees nothing but Christ and his blood and his righteousness. That's how much he loves you and me. And for those who do everything, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. They just haven't come to that place in their life where they have received him. But they all have that opportunity. They all have that opportunity. And that's where we are. Well, I wanted to share with you that we can't go, as Isaiah said, until we have went through that process. And then God said, he told God, he said, Lord, he said, here I am, send me. When God asked him, who shall I send? Who will go for us? You see, we're God's instruments. We're God's hands and we're God's feet and we're God's mouthpiece. Uh, in, in this society, in this culture. And what I want to encourage us by is this, that through prayer, through his word, through his love, we can make a difference. I just want to share with you, just for example, sometimes it takes courage to do that. I heard this story this week also about the last gladiator fight. Maybe you've read it. Uh, you may have heard the story. But it's the glass, they, these two gladiators, if you remember in Rome, they had this great arena. And these, these men would come out 
And they would take swords or spears or whatever they had, and they would have these instruments of death, and they would fight to the death. A lot of times both of them died in, this, in, in the arena. And it was just, a, it was just a, a, something to entertain the people. There were thousands of people there to watch it. Thousands of people there to watch it. But one day, one day, one day, there was a Christian that was in the audience. They didn't know he was a Christian. He probably like me or you, kind of sitting back sometimes when we're in these places, when things should, we see all this stuff that's going on and we think, this is not right. This is not right. Instead of turning around and leaving, what this guy did, he ran out on the field. And he said, stop in the name of Jesus Christ. Stop in the name of Jesus Christ. And these warriors looked at him. And they, they, they started mocking him. And they started playing with him with their instruments of death. And he kept telling them, stop in the name of Jesus Christ. And one of them finally took his sword and he, he slashed him and cut him about in half. And he died on the field. But you know what happened next? The crowd was there in that stadium. And all of a sudden, people started leaving. People started leaving. And very soon, the whole place was empty. Never was another fight among the gladiators again. It took the courage of that one person, that Christian, that believer, to stand up and say, stop in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm wondering where we are there today. Do we have that kind of courage? Can we stand up? Can we, with the anger that comes to our minds sometimes, I know I tell June sometimes, I can't even watch the news. I say, I get so angry with it. I say, just turn the station or turn it off. Because I can't fix that. And I have to listen to that junk. And I'm thinking, Lord, (laughs) it's just part of your prophecy. We're just seeing it happen. And I know that there's those out there that probably would think I'm nuts for saying that. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a day of reckoning. God's going to have his wrath upon this earth. And it's going to be a judgment day coming. But you and I as Christians, you and I as followers of Christ, that is not a day for us. The Bible tells us that, I think, very clearly. That we don't have to worry about that time. So I just want to ask you, do we have that kind of courage? Can we pray? Can we apply that to our lives? Can we, can we exercise the power of prayer in our life? Will it give us the incentive here at Crosspoint to share with whomever we can share the love of Christ, to ask people to come and, and be a part of just to come and experience the love of Christ here at this place. So I believe as followers of Christ, I just want to challenge you today. We've got to humble ourselves. We've got to pray. We've got to forsake them wicked ways in our life. Seek God's face. And I'll guarantee you, he said, I'll restore your land. What is your land? What is it you want to see restored? What is you, are you looking for for God to take a place and fix it in your life? We all walk through those valleys. 
But God's never leave us nor forsake us. He loves us so dearly and deeply that he sent his precious son Christ to die on a cross for your sin and my sin. That we too could be a part of his family. You know, I think about this. Sometimes in my prayers, I just say, God, I thank you for you're the giver of life. You're the sustainer of life. But you're the giver of eternal life. The provider of that. We have to receive it. We have a choice to make. Just like on the battlefield. A spiritual battlefield that we have every day. It's the choices that we make that determines what comes back next as far as the consequences of life. God's heart is to bless us. So let's seek his blessing and ask him to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness that we might follow him in spirit and in truth and to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Will you pray with me? Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.